If The Promised Neverland has left you curious about the kind of world that these kids are growing up in, then stay tuned as I analyze what we know. And no worries, there are no manga spoilers here. Hi guys, welcome to The Fangirl. I'm your hostess, McGann, and I'm here to theorize on what we can figure out from The Promised Neverland, specifically where this very hidden orphan farm location might be. For those of you who haven't seen The Promised Neverland, it's actually a really gripping, dark anime that I highly encourage you go watch for yourself. But to poorly summarize, it's about these children who are all orphans leading these happy, beautiful lives under their caretaker, Isabella. The weird thing is though, nobody can stay at that orphanage past age 12, and so between the ages of 6 and 12, kids get adopted. And then, lo and behold, three of the older kids stumble upon the fact that between the ages of 6 and 12, the kids are being sold to an alien race to be eaten. And that's just episode one. But there are hardcore child deaths all over this anime. Anyways, after learning that this is their fate, Emma, Norman, and Ray try to devise a plan to escape the orphan farm with all of the kids that they can take. And they have to do it without Isabella catching on, and she is super smart, so just whoo, this whole anime is a ride. I was actually so enthralled by the show that I was very tempted to go out and buy the manga until I found out that there's like a million flippin' volumes of this thing. Nope, no way. I already got sucked into buying Fruits Baskets and Karekano back in the day, and those were pretty significantly long too, so uh, no no. I do not have a giant million dollar budget to buy all of these manga books to do one video that probably not many people are gonna watch just because YouTube hates me. By the way, I have a link in the description below to sign up for my free newsletter and then that way you'll know what I post even if YouTube tries to hide it. Huzzah! And just to reiterate this, since I don't own any of the manga, obviously this video is not going to contain any spoilers from the print incarnation of this franchise. So anime only fans, you are welcome. But for those of you who have read the manga, please keep in mind that animes often change quite a few details. So if I end up being way off base here, please don't flood the comments with negativity because me being wrong has not been proven yet. Anyways, the setting of The Promised Neverland is very interesting because these orphan farms are in this extremely isolated forest. And there are actually multiple farms, but they're all walled off from each other. And when you put them all together, you get this sort of circular pattern that encloses all of the farms. So even if a child does manage to get over the fence, they've got probably two out of three odds of being on the side that just looks into another farm. And if one of the kids do happen to get to a wall that faces the outside world, they look down and there's this huge ditch to where nobody could jump over it or survive going down it. The whole orphan farm setup seems to only have one exit to the outside world and the kids theorize that that's where the alien base camp is. During season one of the anime, we also learn very little about the alien race or the outside world in general and I think that's very deliberate. At one point, I believe it's Emma and Norman talking to each other and they're discussing how somebody has to be bringing them food and clothing, which means there have to be humans in the outside world that are bringing those supplies in. So that means the aliens didn't take over the planet. 
However, I am really hesitant to think that's the case for a few different reasons. First, while the kids are really smart and perceptive, it would be really weird for them to guess everything perfectly on the first try, especially since they don't have all of the information, they only have a tiny bit of knowledge on the aliens. It would be like fish swimming around in the ocean, figuring out exactly what humans do on dry land, you know, just perfectly without ever seeing it. It just doesn't fit right. It's just too impossible of a stretch. Second, when the kids do escape at the end of season one, we're shown no hint of any civilization after that. So there's been nothing to suggest that there's any kind of human life outside of that forest. It actually makes for a very bleak stopping point for season one when you think about it. Here we have all these kids and they're free, but they have nowhere to go and they don't know what to do or what to say or if anybody else even knows about aliens. So for all they know, they'd meet up with some humans in town and those humans would cart him right back to the orphanage farm. Third though, the orphan farms only seem to promote from within. The case appears to be that the moms of the orphanages, like Isabella, are able to pick out any really good potential candidates to be moms and then they promote them forward and allow them to keep living. And I can really see that from the sense of, okay, somebody figured out the secret, we better offer them a deal so that they don't blab to all the other kids and ruin what we have going on here. But you would think that at least a few times over the years, some of that stuff would blow up in their face and they would have to find a new mom from the outside. But they treat it like they can't find somebody from the outside, even if they would want to. So it strikes me as odd. And fourth, when the kids do climb up the wall, they see that there's this giant drop down cliff that would make it impossible to get across. But what I notice more is that the orphan farms are buried in the forest. Like you cannot see anything in any which direction. It's just all trees. And one of the kids did end up going all the way around the wall past all the other orphan farms and there was no sign of civilization. It was just all forest, 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 forest. Now the naked eye can see roughly three miles ahead before the curve of the earth cuts off your view. Based on the wall, which is like 25 to 30 feet high, they might be able to see farther, but still, either way you look at it, this is a huge mass of land that the aliens have and it just doesn't seem like it would be very easy to come by that amount of land. Meaning the aliens either own this massive stretch of property, which also raises a bunch of questions for how they bought it, you know, being aliens and all, or what I think is more likely, the alien farms are not on Earth and the orphan farms being on another world or a different dimension does make quite a bit of sense. Humans in general have a pretty big fight or flight response, and even if some people wanted to kowtow to the aliens, there would be so many more that picked up weapons and fought back and destroyed them. I mean, really, unless the aliens invaded with their entire planet, they have very little hopes of defeating all of humanity. Especially when their primary mode of killing people seems to be stabbing them in the heart with flowers. Sure, that is pretty attention catching, but it's not going to stand up very well to cannons or tanks or even good old rifles. So in terms of combat and what we know, the human race would be pretty safe versus these aliens. Don't get me wrong, the aliens are big, they're terrifying looking, but unless they're dynamite proof, I don't see them withstanding a human war. I also get the impression that the aliens are relatively easy to kill 
people despite their giant size, and that's why one, they attack children, two, they wait until the last moment to surprise the children with their existence, three, they keep the orphan farm separated, implying that a larger group of children, if they were to figure out what the aliens were doing, could go against them and threaten the aliens' supreme control over them all, and four, maybe the biggest nail in the coffin, while it's true that the idea of aliens might scare some people, if it was something that you grew up understanding and knowing and you were led to believe like you were their cattle, like from the time you're born, you're taught that the aliens are your gods and you are only here to serve and nourish them, then it would be so easy to brainwash most of these kids and train them from birth that they should be willing to die and happy to die for the sake of the alien race furthering or being happy or whatever. I mean, hey, there's been enough quote-unquote religions out there who prove that it is possible to train people to believe anything if you start young enough. So it all seems to suggest that the aliens are just not good fighters, which would mean invading a place like Earth would be pretty stupid. Also, the title of the series is The Promised Neverland. As we all should know, Neverland is the place that Peter Pan went to never grow up. And even though we could take that to mean that the kids aren't really growing up because they never get to age past 12, there's also the issue that Neverland is not really a tangible place on Earth that you can get to. You get there by flying towards the second star to the right, and it's kind of implied that it's in an otherworldly location. So that end of it seems to fit with the concept that the aliens are not basing these human farms on Earth. To the contrary, though, if you were an alien race that figured out that humans were yum-yum delicious, it wouldn't be as hard to abduct a few to bring back home. In that context, it would probably be harder to get a hold of children, but then you just snatch up a few dozen breeding pairs of adults and put them all in these elaborate plantation-style farms, let nature take its course, and presto! It turns into about the equivalent of raising pigs, sheep, cattle, whatever. And I just want to throw another little side theory in here that's not fully fleshed out, but I think it's worth mentioning before season two comes our way. Even though they directly say that only females can ever be chosen to run an orphanage, so they're the only ones who can ever be really safe from not being consumed by aliens, they have to be keeping a stock of men somewhere because otherwise there would be no way to keep having babies. So they might be frozen, they might be working internally for the aliens at HQ, but I know there have to be adult men somewhere. Anyways, guys, thank you for watching. You'll have to let me know how right or wrong I am once season two starts coming out. Hopefully I'll be watching that right along with you, but sometimes these dubs and subs take forever to get to the U.S., so I'm not really sure what the timeline is for Promise Neverland season two in the U.S. right now. And it might not be reality, but theories are more fun. Oh, and before we take off, I owe a really quick thank you shout out to Natalie B and her family for sending me some fan mail. I won't get too far into details here because I think I'm going to cover this letter in another video later, but I did want to acknowledge that I got it. Hopefully she got what I sent her back. So Natalie B and family, if you're watching this and share it in Arkansas, thank you again. And hopefully I'll get your video out before too super long. But all right, on to the outtakes. I got sucked into buying all of fruits baskets and carry Huzzah! Huzzah! But they treat it like they couldn't. But they treat it like they can't from... But they treat it... Sure. 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 And they did have... And one of the kids didn't... And one of the kids didn't... And one of the kids didn't...
Well, family members, we're almost done, but I want to invite you to hang out with me in some other places. I'm on Twitter and Instagram as my own personal self, and I have a Facebook page too, but I mostly just post photos over there. And sometimes people say, hey, McGann, I want to mail you something. How do I do that? Easy. Just click the About tab on my channel page, and my most current P.O. Box info will be right there. I also run another channel, The Family. It's really a hodgepodge channel where we might post anything. Oh yeah, and I also sell shirts and stickers and stuff with the family and the fangirl logos. If that is your cup of tea, I have a link in every description of every video. Finally, if you want to help out the fangirl channel and make sure I'm putting out video essays for years to come, the best way you can help is by subscribing and watching more of my videos, whether they're new, old, whatever. Maybe even share one or two on social media, help spread the word. People who watch to the end of videos like you helps to tell the site, hey, this is a good video. We should recommend it to other people. So if you made it this far, leave me a comment of something like, hey, I made it to the end. Love ya. See you next time, family members. Bye.